It was so hot. <laughs> it's so hot, I seen a chicken laying omelet. I saw two trees fighting over a dog. I'm so glad you're here tonight. If you have tithes and offering, you can drop them off the boxes if you would out there. And uh, at this time, we're going to go into our time of prayer and devotion. And tonight, would you please welcome Brother Dave Thomas. of the Lord tonight. Got my grandson with me tonight. And uh, he just come back from Branson and uh, was in Champions for Christ and had about 800 young people just praising God and just having a great time in the Lord. And he come back fired up. That's an awesome thing. You know, tonight I, I, I've really been meditating on this for some time. And uh, I want to talk about the gifts of God. And uh, if you ever really just run through the scriptures and look at the, the word of God, you know, there's, there's so many different giftings and callings and offices in the word of God. And I'm going to talk about just a few of them tonight, but I really want to focus in on one particular gift. It's a universal gift that all of us in the body of Christ need to be demonstrating, and that's the love of God that's within our hearts. And I want to talk about that and focus in on that tonight. Um, you know, the love of God is a gift that God has given us to operate in. And in this day and in this hour, how many of you can say there, there seems to be so much unrest in the world today and so much anger in the world and, and uh, the world really needs to see the demonstration of uh, the children of God operating in the love of God. Uh, I think it's probably a, a message that is uh, seasonal message for the church to hear to, tonight. You know, Pastor Ken has been uh, preaching about, you know, evangelism. And uh, in our Sunday school class, you know, uh, Denny and Terry, the last two weeks we've been focusing in on evangelism. And uh, Brother Denny asked the question, why should Christians witness and the thought come to me that, you know, God doesn't want anybody to perish, nor should we. And not only that, you know, uh, that's our assignment. That's what God has, has given us to do is to be his representatives in the earth and, and for God to work through us and minister to a dying and lost world. How many of you can say amen? I want to I give you a couple of things to think about getting going in this tonight. Nothing is, is 
worse than a church that is full of uh, strife, friction, and discord. How many of you can say amen? I mean, nothing is, how many of you uh, know that there are, there are churches that have split? You know, I, I have uh, a few pastor friends that they have had major splits. And you know where envy and strife is, it, it, it really, it brings confusion. And it's really a playground for the enemy to operate in, if you ever think about that. I mean, it, it just looses the enemy. Every evil work begins to operate. It's a, it's a sad thing to see friendly fire. Boy, am I preaching to the church tonight? But on the other hand, nothing is greater than having a church flowing in the unity of love. Come on. And, and that is a, a powerful thing, and it creates an atmosphere, doesn't it? It creates an atmosphere for God to work in, creates an atmosphere, I believe, for signs and wonders. I believe it, it creates an atmosphere for people to be born again, healed, delivered. I, I mean, in the atmosphere of, of, of the church loving one another, it is a powerful atmosphere where God can work. John 13, 35 says, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Church, when we're flowing in, in love to one another, it's a witness to the world. It's definitely a witness to the world. You know, I, I look at the Palace of Praise and, you know, this church has done well. It's very easy to see. Done well to, uh, to maintain a crowd, and, and uh, that's, a, that's a wonderful thing. I know it took a lot of hard work, Pastor Randy. I know it had to, to take a lot of you working together and, and, and loving one another. Amen? But I believe we can increase in, in the things of God, don't you? I want you to turn with me, if you would, to the book of Ephesians. And uh, you can use your phone if you have it. And uh, let's look at chapter 4 in the book of Ephesians. And we're going to read about some of the gifts of God and we're going to talk about them just quickly and then we're going to get into focusing in on the love of God within us. But in verse 1 it says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. The Amplified says, lead a, a life worthy of the divine calling to which you have been called, listen carefully, with behavior that is credit to the summons to God's service. It goes on to say, with, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another. Now, if I would uh, give you my interpretation of that, sometimes we have to put up with one another. The Amplified says it like this, um, bear with one another, make allowances because 
you love one another. So, you know, we've, we've got to be, if we're going to flow in love and, and maintain the unity of love and the unity of the Spirit, well, we've got to put up with one another. Look at somebody and say, I've got to put up with you. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. The Amplified says, be eager and strive earnestly to guard and keep the, the harmony and oneness of and produced by the Spirit in the binding power of peace. In other words, we have to, you know, we, we take part in this as, as we love one another and keep the unity in the church. It's important because it's a, it's a sign and a witness to the world. It says there is one body and one spirit, even as, as you're called into one hope and calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the, the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts to men. Now think about the verse 11. It says, but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Did you ever stop and think that the very calling and the gift of God, there is an enabling grace to help you operate in that gift, whatever your gift is. And I, I want to tell you, look at somebody and say, you're gifted. Every one of us have a gift. Every one of us have a part to play in the body of Christ. And there's a grace for you to operate in it. It's, it's enabling grace. You know, everything we are, it's by grace anyways. Hallelujah. Verse 11 says, and, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. He goes on. Now he's speaking about five gifts. I don't know how you look at you know, our pastors, but we should look at them as the gift from God. They're literally the gift from God. The fivefold ministry is a gift that God has given. I believe every individual, every Christian needs a church, needs a local church. I believe every believer needs to sit under a pastor. Come on. And they're gifts that God has, has, has given us. How many of you are thankful for the gifts that God has given? There's so many different gifts. Susan ministered just a few weeks ago about the peace of God. Isn't that a gift in the world in which we live today? What about the joy of the Lord or, or, or just the measure of faith that God has given us? There's so many gifts that God has given us and we ought to be thankful. Well, he's given these, uh, you know, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers 
for a purpose for the, the, the building up of the body of Christ, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And it goes on in, in verse 14, it says, so we won't be like children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. How many times have you seen people messed up because some of these crazy doctrines out there today? Amen. Running off because of some of these doctrines and teachings. It says, speaking the truth in love may grow up in, in him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Then it talks about the body. We are the body of Christ. Be, uh, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compact by that which every joint supplieth. Everybody has something to offer. According to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself. Pretty powerful, isn't it? So as you look at the five-fold ministry, always just look at them. That's the way I've, I've trained myself. I look at them as the gift from God. The gift from God. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'd like you to turn if you would. We'll begin at verse 4. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Your gift is for the profit of others. Your talents are, are given for the benefit of others. Amen? It's, it's not to have an ego or to think of yourself as somebody special. No, it's for others. Your gifting is for others. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gift of healing by the same Spirit, to, the, to another, the working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, discerning of spirits, and to an, another, diverse kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. But all, the, all these worketh that one and the selfsame spirit, listen, dividing to every man severally as he wills. The nine gifts of the spirit are operational through the leading of the Holy Ghost. We just don't get up and operate in the gifts of the Spirit on our own. They are by the unction of the Spirit of God. That's when you can see it's really powerful. Amen? In... Uh, Verse 27, this is a verse I, I, I want to share with you. This is a verse right here that made me cry out as a young man. I lived on Thomas Street. 
And I literally began to cry out to God because I didn't know where I fit in to the body of Christ. And I had a revelation of this verse and I did not want to be a round peg trying to go in a square hole. Come on. How many of you know God places people where he wants them? And I did not want, I, I, I just don't want to, you know, be doing my thing. I, I want to be doing what God would have me to do. How about you? Come on, church. It says, now are you the body of Christ and members in particular. There's nobody like me. I don't want to hear any, anybody say, well, glory to God or anything. Come on, there's nobody like me. There's nobody like Randy. We're members in particular. The Amplified says it like this. Now ye collectively are Christ's body and individually you are members of it, each part, severally and, and distinct, each with his own place and function. Glory to God. Father, I want to be where I'm supposed to be functioning. And God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondly prophets, thirdly teachers. After that, miracles and gifts of healing helps. I want to stop right there. Helps. Man, a church will suffer without helps. It's one of the greatest ministries, the helps ministry. Melody was complimenting Sherry uh, Sunday morning uh, about her, and I want to tell you, a long time ago, I seen that that was her thriving ministry is the helps ministry. And I've told her I don't know how many times. Helps, helps is a powerful thing. You got to watch them because they drive. They drive. It's, it's like they got the whole world in their hands. They want to do everything sometimes. Come on. That's their driving ministry. Helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Have all gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But covet earnestly the best gifts. Listen carefully. And yet... Show I unto you a more excellent way. You know, man, the gifts of God are so powerful. All the, the, the gifts that God has bestowed. I, I believe God has everything that we need. Everything that we need, God has made available for the church. But he says, and yet... I show unto you a more excellent way. And it's talking about love. How many of you know the Bible puts a priority on love? When people come into here, I want to tell you, they ought to sense and see in demonstration you and I loving others. Come on. There's a church in Branson that Janet and I used to go to and it is, it is so powerful when it comes to hospitality. 
I mean, you walk in that door, the women are out there and they're greeting you and they're asking you if you need any help, any assistance and all of that. They got an usher team that is excellent in, they've been taught so well that when you come into that church, they're going to love on you. How many of you believe we ought to love on everybody that comes into here? Come on, church. Hallelujah. If you see somebody that looks like a stranger, you know, uh, greet them, talk to them. They asked us, somebody asked us if we were kicked out of the front row. I said, no, we weren't kicked out of the front row. We just wanted to go back where we can, we can talk to people and meet people. And Janet, Janet seen a, a, a lady that, that she hired years ago and, and during praise and worship, she did it real quick. But during praise and worship, she went up and hugged her. I think she's here tonight. Glory to God. Come on, church. That's what we're talking about tonight. It goes on to say, though I speak with tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as sounding brass and tinkling cymbals, just making noise. And though I have the gift of prophecy, it's a wonderful gift, and understand all mysteries. How, how would you like to be able to understand all mysteries? And all knowledge. You know, when I was younger, I used to think, boy, I, I know quite a bit. And after, <laughs> after a while, uh, uh, growing older and getting wiser, I realized, uh, you know, the more I know, the more I don't know. How many of you know there's so much nuggets in the Word of God? Come on, church. Yeah, I mean, there's some deep things here that we can keep digging. Revelation just keeps coming. All knowledge, and though I have, have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have, have not, no charity, I am nothing. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profits me nothing. You know, the motive of what we do ought to be out of love. Everything that we do, it ought to be out of a motive for uh, our love, our love for God and our love for others. Hallelujah. Scripture teaches us that the love of God was shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which was given unto us. The very love of God was shed abroad in your heart and my heart through the Holy Ghost. We have a powerful force within us. It is the love of God. Not as the world has. This is the love of God. Hello? Are you with me tonight? In John's, uh, John's gospel, uh, John 13, if you got your Bibles, John 13, and uh, let's go to the 11th commandment. The reason I call it 11th commandment, uh, a pastor friend of mine, I heard him say this one time, and I thought, oh, there's 10 commandments. What do you mean 11th commandment? 10 plus one 
I think I can add is 11. And Jesus said, I give unto you a new commandment. So how many commandments are there? Don't say 10. There's 11 commandments. A new commandment. I give unto you. Listen carefully. That you love one another as I have loved you. That ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Now there's a key phrase in that verse. And I want to bring it, uh, bring it to you. It says, as I have loved you. The new commandment is a new commandment of love and it is the, the, the depth of love. He wants us to love as he has loved us. How has he loved us? He has loved us with unconditional love. Come on. Now, now I, I want you to understand this. That doesn't mean there ain't consequences sometimes. But I'm telling you this, you can't do anything to make God not love you. Pastor was talking this uh, last Sunday, I believe he mentioned Adolf Hitler, and I, I shared with the congregation one time, you know God loved Adolf Hitler? I kind of did some research on him, and, and one of the things, and of course it was on the internet, and whether it was true or not, you know. Come on. I, I was on there, and, and uh, it said this, it said, he loved nobody but his mom. Church, I can't comprehend going through life, Brother Randy, not loving, not having the love of God and operating in the love of God. Come on, church. Wouldn't that be a miserable life to go through life and only love one person? So we're to love as he loved us. You know, there's, there's a difference between agape love and filial love, which is natural love. And if we're not careful, we'll get out of filial love and operate, or get out of agape love and operate in filial love. We, we really got to guard ourselves. Agape love is unconditional love. It just loves. It, it just doesn't take any account of an evil done to it. Oh, come on, church. When Jesus was crucified on the cross, it was an evil thing that was done, you know, because he was just, he was righteous, he was sinless. But he said this, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Man, you talk about love. Filial love is weak. You know, if, if filial love's like this, if I don't match up to your standard, it has a tendency to withdraw. Come on, don't shout me down while I'm preaching so good. Come on, it has a tendency to withdraw. Say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing. That's filial love. 
It's, it's not agape love that we're called to operate. So we got to guard ourselves, right? Let me tell you a little funny. Well, it wasn't funny. We went to Branson on vacation. Brian and Sherry, they, for years, they went with us. And uh, if, as you're crossing the river, we was going to a condo. And as you're crossing the river there, um, there's a roundabout there. And, and I, I yielded at the place going into the roundabout. And once you yield, you can go ahead and you got the right of way. So I'm, I'm taking off and there's another car coming. And, and I'm telling you what, I think he was trying to beat me to it. So I, I put my brakes on because I figured we was going to have a collision. Well, there was a vehicle in, in behind me, Brother Randy, just the clocking right with me. And when I put my brakes on, he put his horn on and he laid on that horn. For about 10 seconds, something rose up in me. And I, I laid on my horn. And my wife, you know, she began to scold me. And Brian, he began to say, he's following you, he's following you. Now, I didn't tell Brian this. I didn't tell Brian this, and I'll tell you why in just a second. I didn't tell him, you don't, you don't have to outrun the bear, you just got to outrun your, your friend. And the reason I didn't tell him that is because he can run pretty fast. But we got to guard ourselves. How many of you can say, man, we got to guard ourselves that we don't, we don't, we, you know, we want to be operating in what Jesus said we're to operate in. Come on. And don't look real holy at me like you ain't never been angry. <laughs> How many of you know the Bible said be angry and sin not? But then on another verse it says put away anger. I don't know if honking the horns ang uh, sin or not. I, I, told, I told him, I said, well, you remember the bumper stickers, honk if you love Jesus? You reap what you sow? <laughs> Nobody had to tell me I did wrong. I said, nobody had to tell me I did wrong. The Holy Spirit within me told me I did wrong. We're commanded to love as he loved us. Amen. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Just got a couple couple more. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels of, uh, of mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love being of, of one accord, of one mind. Listen carefully. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. 
Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. You know, the good Samaritan, and this is really in my heart to share tonight, the good Samaritan went out of the way to bring help. As we look around in our, our world today, I cannot help but believe there are, there are those that need help. I believe as large as uh, the palace is, there are those in here that truly need help. The cost of things have, ha, has just skyrocketed. We went to Outback. I, I almost hate to say this. I, me and Brian wanted a, a, a ribeye. Dear Jesus, 38 bucks for a ribeye. But I want to tell you something. It was one of the best ribeyes I've ever ate. <laughs> it was good. Things have went up. And we gotta, we gotta be mindful of others. I don't know about you. You know, I thank God that, you know, we haven't really felt the crunch, but I know there's those that have. Come on, church. When you go to the grocery store, is things higher? What about at the gas pump? I think about, I think about some of our elderly people Many times, and I think about, you know, their own fixed income, and some of them are in a place where, you know, they're still paying rent and things like that. I want to tell you something. I, I don't, you know, the Bible, Bible says that we're to do good to all men, but especially those in, in the, the household of God. In other words, we're to, we're to, I think Brother Randy talked about it. They, you know, Jesus went out doing good. How many of you know we ought to be going out doing good? We ought to be looking for people that we can help. I learned a long time ago, you're never gonna become poor by giving. You can't outgive God. Give and it'll be given back to you, pressed down, shaken together. Cast your bread upon the water. You don't know how it's gonna return, but I guarantee you it's coming back. And the reason that we give is it ought to be out of a heart of love because we love people. We want to help people. Listen, don't live our, our this is a phrase I, I picked up, if I can get it right. Maybe I ought to look at it. I'll get it in a minute. I'm going to go on. This is a senior moment. You ever had one? <laughs> I was listening to uh, Fox News and it, it, it was talking about a recession. And uh, some say we're already in a recession. I don't know. 
But I looked up the effects of, a, of, of one and it, it talks about it hurts our economy. And it hurts our people. It's something that's happening right now. The cost of things is up. We must be aware of thinking that words are enough. Well, I love you and go be blessed. We, we got to be very careful to, to think that words is enough because the Bible instructs us concerning that. Turn with me, if you would, to, and I'll wrap it up, First, uh, first John, no, yes, First John chapter 3. First John chapter 3. Verses 17 and 18. It says, But whoso hath, these, hath this world's goods, and seeth his brother hath need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and truth. When we, when we live in, in the love that God has called us to live in, it's costly. It's costly. When Jesus came and gave his life, it was costly. It's costly to walk in the love of God to the degree that God wants us to walk in. You know, I remember when the love of God was shed abroad in my heart. I remember getting up out, of the, out of, from the altar and, and, and just experiencing the love of God. How many of you remember that? There was a transformation that took place when I got up from the altar. And all I wanted to do at that day was hug people. I've learned a lot about love, but I'm still learning more and more about God's love. It's a powerful thing. We have a thing in our family, our grandkids, our family, uh, my daughters. My son went on to be with the Lord almost 12 years ago. And there wasn't a time that we talked on the phone that he didn't say, Dad, I love you, before we hung up. My grandson and all my grandson and granddaughters, we don't hang up a phone without saying we love you. My daughters, they'll say, I love you, Dad. I love you, Mom. Church, we don't know the last time we'll see somebody. I got a funeral tomorrow. A lady I knew for 30 years that attended church died suddenly. Not going to see her anymore. She went on to glory. I'll see her when, 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 I, when I arrive. But how many of you know you, 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 you only get one chance to love people? You only get one life. 
to love. Tell somebody you love them. Uh, many of you, I'll, I'll tell you, I love you. I love you. It says don't love just with words. I'm not, you know, the scripture here is not telling us not to tell people we love them or to express our love in words, but it's saying that love has action to it. And we need to love enough that we can take action and love and help people. I've been watching uh, on YouTube, I've been watching uh, Philadelphia, uh, the streets of Philadelphia and the streets of Los Angeles. And it really just, it really just grips my heart, Brother Andy. As I look out there and I see all those people on the streets with tents laying, laying in, uh, some of them just laying on the sidewalks and, and, and it just really grips my heart and people just passing them by as if they're insignificant. How many of you know there's nobody in the eyes of God that is insignificant? Come on, God wants all to make heaven their home. He made a plan for everybody to make heaven their home. Now we know, we know that that's not gonna happen, but how many of you know we got a mission? Let me say it again, we got a mission. Come on, we're in his, his ambassadors. Call of God. We can witness everywhere we go. You can witness when you're eating lunch. Just ask them if they know your friend. They'll say, who's your friend? The Lord Jesus. Janet went to Walmart after Sunday's service. Lady come up to her and said, ma'am, can I ask you a question? She said, sure. She said, what does Jesus Christ mean to you? She said, he's my Lord and Savior. She said, hallelujah. Come on, church. I remember going to Walmart. He might have been a member here. I don't know. He was an elderly gentleman. I run into him twice. And he didn't say a whole lot. He just looked at me and said, Jesus loves you. I run into him again later on. And, and the same man, he didn't recognize me, but he said, Jesus loves you. How many of you know that God has given us the Holy Ghost where we can be his witnesses? Live forgiving, not just spending. I caught that little phrase. I told you, I'll get it in a minute. Live forgiving, not just spending. If you spend all your living, you won't have the means to give. Come on, church. I know I'm ministering to the choir tonight. But I believe we're living in a time where people need help. 
And we that have the means to help need to be about our Father's business and, and, and listen because the Holy Ghost will lead us and guide us and we can minister and help people. And there's nothing like ministering to people. It is more blessed to give than to receive. I'll never forget when Janet and I were down and out financially and a brother and sister came unloaded their cars with groceries for our house. It is stamped within my heart. I, I remember that like it was yesterday. Hallelujah. Well, I hope you've received something tonight. Anybody receive anything tonight? Hallelujah. I want to ask you to stand with me tonight. Mom used to sing a song. I was talking to Brother Randy Beebe before church, and you know his parents were singers. My my mom was singer, sang in the Living Way Trio, traveled around. She was a praise worshiper most of my life, and she'd sing that old song, "Lord, lay some soul upon my heart." And love that soul through me. And may I daily do my part to win that soul for thee. You know, I can remember some of them, some of them old songs. And uh, I think that ought to be our prayer tonight. This pastor's been preaching on evangelism. And how many of you know God will lead us? He'll lead us. He'll make things happen where we can minister to others. And love, love others the way Christ loved us. Amen. I know there's a lot to pray about, and I want to ask you just to come. I don't have to tell you what to pray about. I ask you to pray about that. But just come, and whatever the Holy Ghost would have you to pray about tonight, he'll lead you. When you run out of things to pray, just begin praying in the Holy Ghost. I said, just begin praying in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I want to ask you just go ahead and put some music on if you would, brother. And just come, come tonight and, and pray. Would you do that? <laughs>